0: So uh, uh looks like things are going to get messy here with a lot of players being cut nah, I mean, I, I, to get I, I under think the cap. I mean, they've pushed the deadline again back to Did late they? Wednesday night. So, I mean, I think they will um, uh, They'll reach a deal here. I mean, that would be the only reasoning behind keep moving the deadline back. I mean, yeah, Honestly, I don't know about you guys, but I'm completely on the player's side on this one. The players have been screwed the last two uh, collective bargaining agreements. The, current, the one they have now where... There's no guaranteed contracts at all in football. It's just garbage to me. Where you you could sign for for ten million dollars, have an off year, and then you're gone the next year. Oh, ten cut. million dollars! Oh no, 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 but you you don't get any of that if you get cut. It's, you're getting paid throughout the year, though. You, yes, you get whatever you get at the beginning for that year, but then whatever you sign for the next three years, you don't get. Well, I, I think the players are they still demanding the guaranteed contracts? Then no. They backed off it. Because I think that was, I mean, if that was a deciding factor, I think that makes sense to give them uh, guaranteed contracts. The NBA has it. Every other sport has it. Yeah, but they did back off that. So I I agree. I think they're going to get a deal done. They keep pushing back this deadline. I think something's going to happen. And they would be foolish to let something happen because, you know, the NFL is a poster child for collective bargaining. Yeah um what just there was there was a thing about the small market owners are the ones that are kind of holding back cuz they don't want the big market uh teams to take over and there was a thing that uh, Bud Sealer or not Bud Seeler hello uh, thank you uh Tagliabue might guarantee uh, a small town uh, a super bowl just to uh to persuade them to come over onto the uh side of the vote but uh with that it's going to wrap things up here on extra points uh for everybody here in the studio, I am Tony Bolton saying good night and go blue you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor the sports department would like to thank you for your continued support of the University of Michigan student radio Please, no! Moss knocks over to Cambolini, winds up, and he scores! Jeff Cambolini lets a laser go from the near-side circle, and the Wolverines take a 1-0 lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Cambolini. Bing Crosby, Wrap Your Troubles and Dreams, Take Four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like. Hey, hey. He cut out eight bars, the dirty bastard. <laughs> and I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nuts. <clears throat> uh, the last bastion of freeform, WCBN-FM and ABET sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone. The mic is on. Uh, Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and uh, hmm, what an interesting uh, week. We won't discuss the Oscars. I didn't watch it anyway. I think I only saw about half those movies. We'll just say that Brokeback Mountain crashed. Um, Well, uh, George Bush, uh, back in the news, of course. Abroad, uh, visiting India, Pakistan, and a surprise visit to Afghanistan. Well, we'll give him a barrage of brain damage awards just to start out the show. And also mention that uh, apparently Tony Blair has consulted God regarding his uh, decision to participate in the Iraq invasion. The president, of course, uh, found himself in a little bit of hot water in the middle of the week due to the uh, video that uh, shows him uh, pretty much uh, resembling a bump on a log, asking no questions and, of course, contradicting his assertion that he made a couple of days later on ABC News that nobody believed that the levees would uh, break, when in fact that's actually what the discussion on August 28th was all about. Amazingly, Michael Brown appears to be more competent than we imagined. Uh, however, his uh, fashion uh, <laughs> obsessions uh, remain uh, totally amusing. Um... It's interesting that this video emerged while Bush was abroad. I suspect that it might have been intentionally leaked, possibly by Michael Brown, because he seems to have been uh, copious uh, in his appearances last week on the various political talk shows defending his perspective. He's now calling for Chertoff to go. And there are many rumblings that that is, in fact, what may happen next. Bush needs, of course, to find more scapegoats in this whole fiasco. But I think it underscores the reason why the White House refused to cooperate with congressional investigations into the matter. Um, And the video speaks for itself. Bush's various spokesmen, uh, of course, came out and defended the president and claimed uh, pretty much uh, just a typical response is, quote, there's nothing new or insightful on these tapes. According to one spokesman, hardly. Um, And then, of course, we find out uh, these disturbing details. There's this obvious tension between Brown and Chertoff, the AP uh, story on the matter, about this uh, amazing uh, gap in follow through. Runs as follows. Chertoff, are there any Department of Defense assets that might be available? Have we reached out to them? Brown, we have DOD assets over here at EOC, which is the Emergency Operations Center. They are fully engaged, and we are having those discussions with them right now. Chertoff, good job. Well, in fact, active duty troops weren't dispatched until days after the storm. Many states' National Guard said yes to be deployed to the region despite offers of assistance. And it took days before the Pentagon deployed active personnel to help overwhelm guardsmen. Of course, omitted in the article is the fact that we find out that 40% of uh, the National Guard in Mississippi and Louisiana, roughly speaking, were actually in Iraq, uh, deployed as part of uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom, or whatever it's being called these days. And uh, therein is where the investigation should lie and uh, in the future. And that's where it should go. And, of course, uh, we'll give Bush a brain damage award for visiting Gandhi's gravesite. Uh, this is a remarkable uh, case of chutzpah. Gandhi, of course, the uh, very charismatic uh, advocate of nonviolence. Martin Luther King, by the way, once said, it's no longer a choice between nonviolence and violence. It's a choice between violence and non-existence. And then in the midst of all of this, uh, I, I don't know, Bush just struck me after a while uh, over there in uh, you know, the India-Pakistan region, and it almost shell-shocked after a while. Of course, there were protests almost daily. Uh, Of course, we found out about deaths uh, at some of these protests. Uh, So for Bush to visit Gandhi's gravesite as part of his itinerary uh, strikes me as uh, remarkable. So we'll just give him a brain damage award for, uh, I don't know, invoking a hero uh, that contradicts all of the facts that we know about President Bush. Then, of course, we have the nuclear deal with India in the midst of the controversy about uh, Iran's uh, cooperation with the uh, International Atomic Commission. And uh, it's just mind boggling that the president can pretty much contravene uh, American policy over the last uh, several decades. Um, and claim that, uh, this is somehow going to enhance world peace. Uh, obviously, the inside perspective on this is that the neoconservatives actually want to see India acquire more nuclear weapons, uh, to act as a sort of counterbalance for China. This is, uh, what we need to read between the lines. India, of course, indeed probably, uh, well, they certainly have energy problems that are similar to America's. They uh, need to import oil. I think I uh, heard somewhere that about 60% of their electricity is produced uh, from coal, and it's uh, fairly dirty coal, as the saying goes. So for the president to advocate this deal on the grounds that this will help global warming is uh, remarkable science indeed. Um, Of course, it's well known that one advantage of nuclear power is that it does uh, limit greenhouse gases, but uh, the nuclear waste problem has yet to tangibly be dealt with anywhere in the world. Uh, Even the United States is still playing ping-pong with uh, the issue of nuclear waste uh, here at home. Uh, The Yucca Mountain uh, site is still controversial, Uh, there are all sorts of problems, and creating uh, byproducts that have half-lives of 10,000 years, in other words, about three times uh, to four times as long as, uh, well, human civilization as we know it, Uh, of course, uh, there were great civilizations uh, before christ uh in china and Indi- india interestingly enough um and uh of course one of the first civilizations was in iraq or mesopotamia as they british call it that's mesopotamia spelled with two s's uh as an homage to john stewart last night's host of uh, the Academy Awards. So what does the President do back in the United States today? He dusts off an old idea. The line-item veto, which of course has already been struck down by the Supreme Court, no matter um, anything to change the subject. I heard uh, late today that the 23rd hundred American has now died in Iraq, and uh, Bush's uh, Incompetence uh, continues unabated. Interestingly, by the way, there was this little item from India uh, in the midst of the President's uh, visit. This didn't receive a lot of uh, international news, but uh, it's a special to the New York Times uh, dated uh, the 28th of February. It says, Maoist guerrillas planted a landmine that killed at least 22 people on Tuesday in a remote tribal corner of central India. The Maoist rebels have become increasingly active across central and eastern India in rural districts, heavily populated by indigenous people known here as tribals. The Maoists say that they are fighting on behalf of the landless peasants and the tribals. Their targets are frequently the local police and landowners. Well, this is interesting because, of course, we hear a lot about the Maoist guerrillas in uh, Burma, um, we always hear about the Maoists that still exist in China, but um we've heard a lot about the rural protests in China recently uh and of course, obviously a terrorist at, uh, event like this a landmine killing twenty two people is is no uh, good development, but I think it underscores the rather ridiculous uh Spin that the President put on this notion that uh, India is somehow going to outsourcing jobs to India is good for America because uh, their thriving middle class can buy our products when the facts are that something like seven hundred million people in India still live on less than two dollars a day uh, they 're still fighting for existence subsistence. This is the kind of aid that the United States should be giving India, not uh, nuclear deals uh, in which we're going to enhance, uh, apparently, not only their nuclear power capability, but also their nuclear weapons capability. One of the um, ongoing stories over the years that we on Gray Matters have covered is this interesting um, cover-up about the sweetener, NutraSweet. So I wanted to read something uh, from the Sunday Business Times from several years ago about NutraSweet uh, regarding some science that's actually been uh, conducted on this substance. We have pointed out uh, in the past, usually citing um, sources from the alternative press, about many of the problems with NutraSweet uh, in uh, consumption of products here in America, and we have particularly alerted people of the fact that diet soda that is often stored uh, at uh, warehouses, gas stations, uh, supermarkets, etc., in bad places uh, where it's susceptible to heat, uh, it turns out that uh, at high temperatures, um, NutraSweet actually can turn into um, a poison. And there have actually been something like 58 deaths of children here in the United States who have consumed diet sodas uh, at alarming levels. I mean, apparently you have to drink at least somewhere between five or eight of these uh, in a day. But it can literally cause some problems uh, to the health of human beings. We've also pointed out that artificial sweeteners in the past, such as saccharin, And cyclamates, back from the 60s, were eventually banned by the FDA uh, because of their link to cancer. Well, once again, we now have some science uh, that confirms the fact that NutraSweet is a possible carcinogen. So I wanted to read rather extensively from this article, because this is... uh, science uh, that's been conducted by Mirando Sofriti a cancer research in Bologna Italy and what is interesting about these studies um, is that he uh gave rats these were uh uh studies conducted on rats um NutriSweet and I'm using this word because this is the commercial uh um name for a, uh, the scientific product that's called aspartamine, uh, and it may, of course, cause cancer. The research found that the sweetener was associated with unusually high rates of lymphomas, leukemias, and other cancers in rats that had been given doses of it starting at what would be equivalent to four to five 20-ounce bottles of diet soda a day for a 150-pound person. Um, interestingly, by the way, these deaths that have been linked in America are mainly on children that have consumed something like 4 to 5 20-ounce bottles of diet soda a day. Uh, and it's caused all sorts of problems. Well, the interesting details about this study concern uh, the hasty manner in which NutraSweet was approved for FDA um, approval uh, during the Reagan years, and the rather uh, sketchy science in which the FDA back then relied on uh, these chemical companies to provide the data, and of course the political connections with the corporations involved in approving the studies. So I wanted to read some of the actual details of these studies, because this is interesting stuff. The doctor, uh, Mirando Sofridi, by the way, is a very well known international, um, cancer researcher, uh, in Italy. And, I mean, this is not some left wing, uh, alternative press, uh, source. I mean, this is a substantive research institute based in Italy. And the article by Melanie Walker, Warner, excuse me, Melanie Warner um, notes that Sofridi has spent 28 years doing research on potential carcinogens, and said he was trying to steer of the growing political maelstrom. But he added that he was concerned about the large numbers of people who use Nutrasweet, particularly women and pregnant uh, children and pregnant women. If, some, quote, if something is a carcinogen in animals, he said, then it should not be added to food especially if there are so many people that are going to be consuming it. It, He then goes on to note, and I'll just um, uh, make the observation about these uh, studies, because this is what's interesting. It says the um, Ramazzini study was... Conducted with 1,900 rats as opposed to the 280 to 2 to 688 rodents used in Searle's studies. CD Searle was the American corporation that uh, was able to rush through the approval of NutraSuite. Searle, interestingly, by the way, was headed by Donald Rumsfeld from 1977 to 1985. And, of course, Donald Rumsfeld, of course, paid a visit to Saddam Hussein during these years as a special emissary for Ronald Reagan uh, to uh, pat Saddam on the back on behalf of the Reagan administrations. Searle was acquired by Monsanto in 1985. Monsanto later spun off Searle's assets into two companies, Marisant, which owns the brands Equal and Canadrel, and NutraSuite, which is owned by J.W. Child's Equity Partners, an investment firm in Boston. Now what's interesting is um, you have a study, the Italy, the Italy study, has 1,900 rats as opposed to the 280 to 688 rodents used in the Searle study. I don't know how the number can... Be such a wide margin there. I mean, either 280 were used or 688 were used. Who knows? But what is interesting is the Searle studies, these rats were lived up to three years and were sacrificed after two, which is the human equivalent of age 53. Cancer is a disease of the third part of life, quote-unquote, said Dr. Sofriti, you have 75% of the cancer's diagnoses for people who are 55 years and older. So if you truncate experiments at 110 weeks and the rats are supposed to survive until 150 to 160 weeks, it means that you avoid the development of cancer at the very time cancer would start to arise. So it's interesting that not only did Searle use far less rodents in their studies, but they actually apparently killed these rodents uh, before they developed into old age rodents, uh, if you get my picture. So um, this is rather a remarkable fact uh, revealed in this article. Furthermore, what is also interesting, and this gets into the controversy regarding the science about NutraSweet, and I'll quote here from another uh, professor, it says, in an analysis of 166 articles published in medical journals from 1980 to 1985, Dr. Ralph G. Walton, a professor of psychiatry at Northeastern Ohio Colleges of Medicine, found that all 74 studies that were financed by the industry attested to the sweetener safety. Of the 92 independently funded articles, 84 identified adverse health effects. Quote, whenever you have studies that are not funded by industry, some sort of problem is identified, said Dr. Walton, adding that he has not looked at studies performed since 1985. But, quote, it's far too much for it to be a coincidence, quote unquote. So here you have an example Uh, During the uh, Reagan years, the early parts of the Reagan years, that the uh, industry itself was conducting studies that it was then spoon feeding to the FDA, uh, verifying the relative safety of NutraSweet. And of course, as we've already noted, the studies themselves, uh, conducted by C.D. Searle, seem to have f- flunked uh, any objective science tests, uh, because far less rodents were used, A. And B, apparently these rodents were sacrificed, quote unquote, at the age of 53, uh, rather than being allowed to live in, uh, into full adult rodent life span. So this is very interesting. The other thing that you find when you begin to uh, peel away at these layers of corporate, um, well, corporate dishonesty might uh, be appropriate here, are the people, uh, the individuals involved in some of the studies For instance, a 1976 report from an FDA task force, for example, found that Searle's studies on NutraSuite and several of the company's pharmaceutical drugs were, quote, poorly conceived, carelessly executed, or inaccurately analyzed or reported. It cited what it called the lack of training by scientists analyzing tissue samples, a, quote, substantial loss of information because of tissue decomposition and inadequate monitoring of feeding doses. By the way, back in 1976, of course, the FDA was not headed by Reagan administration officials. It was actually headed by Ford administration officials. In response to the report, the FDA asked the Justice Department to in, uh, open up a grand jury investigation into whether two of Searle's aspartame uh, studies had been falsified or were incomplete. This is back in 76. In a 33-page letter, Richard Merrill, the FDA's chief counsel at the time, recommended to Samuel Skinner then the U.S. attorney for Northern Illinois, the grand jury investigated the company, which of course was based in uh, the Chicago suburb of Skokie, for quote concealing material facts and making false statements to reports of animal studies to conduct uh, conducted to establish the safety of the drug al-tactone and the food additive aspartame. The grand jury was never convened. However, shortly after the letter was sent, Mr. Skinner left the Justice Department to join Sidley and Austin, a firm that represented Searle. After 12 years at the firm, Mr. Skinner was appointed to be President Bush's Transportation Secretary, Secretary and he later became his Chief of Staff. In 1978, and this, of course, is George Herbert Walker Bush, in 1978, a year and a half after Skinner left the U.S. Attorney's Office in Chicago, his deputy, William Conlon, also left to work at Sidley and Austin. Now, Skinner also served in the Reagan administration as a cabinet official. Uh, if you will recall, Ray Donovan at one point was forced to resign as uh, head of the Labor Department. <laughs> His apparent qualifications for that job um, appear to have been uh, that he was a uh, proficient fundraiser in the state of New Jersey and that he had been vice president of a construction corporation in New Jersey. Of course, he was forced out in uh, his own scandals. Uh, He was eventually indicted and in the political furor was forced to resign. He was later somewhat exonerated. But if you go back and you check the facts, uh, many witnesses in the uh, actual trial uh, found uh, were were found dead, uh, mafia-style hit, uh, and ended up uh, in the sort of Jimmy Hoffa um, annals of uh, Coffinland. So he was uh, exonerated, and he famously said, "Where do I get my reputation back?" Uh, conservatives always pounced on this famous statement uh, to justify the uh, fact that independent councils uh, are not needed uh, to investigate uh, high-ranking officials here in America. I would uh, disagree with that. But as I recall, Samuel Skinner uh, served as Labor Secretary for uh, President Reagan as well. I don't know why this article omitted that. But uh, it's interesting when you begin reading some of the other details about this. Uh, Over the next few years, and we're getting back to uh, C.D. Searle here, uh, Searle's petition for aspartame approval led to much disagreement within the FDA. The commissioner at the time, Alexander M. Schmidt, convened a three-member public board of inquiry, which concluded that one of Searle's studies on rats showed an increase in brain tumors from aspartame. The board members, all of them,